You're listening to Alcoholics Alive, where recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous share their experience on how they live AA as a way of life. None of our participants get paid or speak for AA. Here are your hosts, Shank and Wayne. Welcome to Alcoholics Alive. Shank, we're on our uh, last episode of season four. I think that's right. That's right. Hmm. Well, it's been just a great journey through the promises. It is. It's been such a journey. <laughs> such a journey. Such a journey. Hey, one thing I wanted to let you know. So one of our past guests, Debbie, sent us, I guess she got tired of us uh, misinterpreting some of the words from the <laughs> literature. She sent us three dictionaries <laughs> in the mail. Nice. One of them was from 1920. One, I think, is from the 30s. And then there's one from 1956. So... They're they're really big. <laughs> so anyway, if you ever uh, if you ever need a definition of a term from the 30s, 20s, or 50s, we got it. Hit us up. Yep, hit us up. Send we us an email. But, yep, but we appreciate that, Debbie. Um, and also, um, we are going to have a season five that's going to roll out in January. And we're by popular demand. We, <laughs> <laughs> by force. By force and popular demand, we are going to uh, cover the 12 traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous. So all jokes aside, we have had some requests for that. So uh, stay tuned. We're, we're excited to, um, to explore there's a good word for you. We're excited to explore the 12 traditions with many of our guests. So, Shank, what's our topic today? Our topic today is are these extravagant promises? Although I think this episode should just be called We Think Not. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good name for it. So, we have been through all of the promises from pages 83 to 84 well let me not misspeak not all of the promises it has been brought to my attention that there are a lot of promises in the book of alcoholics anonymous yes um, they're not always good ones that's right so these are specifically the promises on 83 84 and uh, we're to this last little paragraph that says, are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. Which I think pretty, is pretty, that's a pretty definite statement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty definite, pretty specific so I'm, I'm curious, the word extravagant, mm -hmm. we could use Debbie's old dictionary to look that up, but what, what 
<laughs> what does what does that term mean? So there are a couple of definitions that I think fit here. Um, lacking in moderation, balance, and restraint, or um, extremely or excessively elaborate. Hmm. That, well, so, so would that mean more like are, are the promises out of reach? Or yeah, I would really, think so. Uh, it's kind of like, is everything we just stated in the paragraph before complete BS? We think not. <laughs> right. We think not. Yeah. Yeah. It can actually happen. Mm -hmm. Well, when I was new reading the promises, you know, a lot of meetings will read the promises at the beginning or the end of meetings, which I didn't understand. I didn't know where this came from. I didn't know it was in the book, but um, I was new. And just hearing a lot of these things really felt out of reach to me. Yeah. Like I definitely didn't feel that way when I first arrived to AA. And um, sometimes I don't feel some of these things today but i do believe they seemed a little um maybe extravagant in the beginning extravagant out of reach now are you in favor of reading the these things at, a, at at the beginning of a meeting or at the end uh no no <laughs> no i am not i think the less readings the better i'm with you on that Mm -hmm. We had a uh, going to get off track here. The the um, in one of my old home groups, we read very little, but somebody brought up at a business meeting that they wanted to start reading the 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 promises mm -hmm. at the beginning of the meeting, and they went on to say how they they'll never forget their first meeting that they came into. And the promises were read and it gave them so much hope. And I'm thinking, do you remember the first meeting you came to? And if you, if you actually were in a position to actually connect with the promises, you must not have drank much, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I, it, it did not get voted in. Um, but I have never, yeah, I've never been a fan of reading this at a, well, my experience is I remember my first meeting because I was in a treatment center. Sure. And they took us to a meeting and I was just judging everything already. Like it smells in here. It's all older men. We're in a train depot. Like I'm in the middle of freaking nowhere. How did I end up here? Yeah. Right. Um, you know, that's what I remember. It's and I remember them telling us not to talk to anyone and not to pick up any chips I right. couldn't tell you what I heard. I know I related and I know that I picked up a white chip because I was like, I, I think th there's something here. Sure. Absolutely. But the promises didn't hook you in. Them no, they could have read them. They could have not read yeah. them. I don't know. They could have had me read them. Right. I don't know. <laughs> no idea. <You> may <laughs> I have no clue. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, they're they're uh they're good for the book, but they're probably not good to open or close a meeting with, I wouldn't think. What um what's the term materialize mean? Okay, so to materialize, I believe 
the way that it is stated here, they will always materialize if we work for them. They will always appear. Mm. It could be appear especially suddenly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be just like to come into existence. So like these things will always happen if we work for them. If we work for them. Mm-hmm. So just putting them in the God box and just walking away. Just <laughs> just not drinking. Or yeah. Doesn't just that just ain't gonna cut over. it. Yeah. Just <laughs> turning it over may not may not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so so my experience with with I guess with this is um I guess to start off is that the promises that we've read here on eighty three and eighty four have materialized in my life. Mm-hmm. So they have come about um through work, through basically working the twelve steps and trying to uh, you know to turn things over to to a power greater than myself and cleaning up my past, making a, a concerted effort to to make amends um for the wrongs that I've done and trying to pass that on to other people the those promises i guess they they have materialized and then at times they've disappeared <laughs> mm-hmm. and then at times they've come back um you know i i i i'm careful sometimes now to i mean it can it can sound like an alcoholic's anonymous especially when you hear some people talk or explain their experience it can sometimes sound like it's just it's definite and permanent when they talk about like the life that AA has given them, or they talk about all the things that have happened to them. It can almost sound like, well, nothing bad ever happens. It can also sound like, well, I'm going to feel good all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I, I don't, I don't think people mean to say that the, to imply that, but that's kind of what it can sound like. It, it can also sound like, if you always do the right thing, only good things are going to happen to you. And that's certainly not been my experience. I've done the right thing. and <laughs> It just seems to happened. me that um, something that's interesting is it can seem, I think, especially with women that I've sponsored who have kind of either not quite lost at all or who have gotten things back very quickly that they're very quick to say like the promises are true in my life. You know, I got my, my husband didn't leave. I got a new car, my job's safe. I'm making more money, just like all these different things. And um, that equates to working the program correctly. And so if you continue to do all of those same things that you were doing and then something happens, something is, quote, taken away from you or you lose a job or, you know, like something happens, then people automatically are like, but I was doing everything I'm supposed to do. And a lot of people that I talk to that kind of, quote, step away from AA or need a break from it, whatever you want to say, it's typically because they feel like they have been... um, 
they 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 didn't get what they wanted when they were doing what they were supposed to be doing yeah yeah they almost set themselves up this these false expectations well i did this and i didn't get that so in essence they're really trying to run the show play god well and aa is not a religious program there are people in aa that are religious the reason I say that is because it just reminds me of my thinking when I was growing up and I was religious. And I thought if I, if something bad happens to me, it's because I'm being punished by God, right? you know, and there may be people who still think that today and that's, but just making that connection where it's like, usually it's not people that are religious that are kind of going through this, that I sponsor, you know, and I'm like, this just reminds me of, this is simple. This is reminding me of something and I can't quite place it. And it's like that very immature thinking I had growing up, not being able to understand things I was, quote, being taught um, mm-hmm. in different religions growing up. Or, you know, of course, my also my other favorite is when people get sober, work in a program, they're, they've God is their BFF, and then all their charges get dismissed. Like, that just makes it sound like, oh, you were working the AA program better than me, and that's why I had to go to the big house yep Yep. i think one of the things that that has happened to me is that i don't know the, the the program and the power that i have found here is kind of it's helped me to take the good with the bad and it's helped me to to you know, I've had all kinds of things happen in my life, just like all of us have. And in good times and in bad times, I've been able to stay sober and I've been able to have this kind of, I mean, even when I don't feel good or I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fearful about what's going to happen, there's this kind of something inside that, I don't know, it doesn't, I just know that things are going to be okay. And it's hard to describe and... I think that's one of the things that the program has given me is that, I mean, life is not, you know, always feeling good and life is not always going to go the way that, that you plan it. And that's okay. You just kind of, you know, take the good with the bad, keep moving forward, try to help people. And I don't know, you get what you get. <laughs> AA has just really taught me how to, to pivot really. Yeah. So it's like in in these extravagant promises that I work for, well, really, you know, working for them is doing the 12 steps and helping others. It's taking the actions that I've been told are required to take to get and stay sober and help others. Now, what that translates to in my life is, you know, when I am going to a family funeral and I see a family member who is not doing well, very clearly not doing well. And I can pivot instead of being like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this family member is like such a wreck. I can just say, okay, well next weekend I need to pivot. I need to go and see this person, figure out what's going on, try to help where I can not take over, not just like go in and be God to them, but like do what I can to be helpful in my family. And it's not always fun. I don't want to drive six and a half hours into a shit show (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, you know, to be like, oh my gosh, what is going on here? But like AA has taught me how to do that and how not to get so sucked into it and be like, my life sucks because I have to help this other person. Like 
It's just not like that anymore. No. So what's your, uh, I know we did this one time. What's your favorite promise out of these now? Well, um, I think we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. And I can't yeah. remember if that's the one I said before. Maybe that's the one you said. I think I said it. And then you said you were, you picked mine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just really love that line. Um, because I think, I think part of the reason is I felt that having everything taken away from me, um, and not unjustly, you right. know, I've deserved whatever punishment I got. Like I convicted crimes and like, that was what I had to do. But um, I felt free and I felt happy. I felt connected yep. to God. You know, I felt connected to this program, trying to help others. And, um, you know, I have a, a motion that we're sending to GSO that people cannot say that they were in a prison of their mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure I stop saying it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Jerry. Well, um, so does that include self-constructed prison? Mm. I'll have to think on that one. Okay, I'll think about that because I say that sometimes. Um, for those of you listening, that's a joke. Okay, nothing is really going to do so. But um, you know, I did feel a freedom and a ha now. Was I still really fearful? Yeah. Did I still make mistakes? I sure did. Um, did I have an attitude problem? I did. You know, but I was doing the best that I could with the resources I had at that time. Um, and when I knew better, I did better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love new freedom and new happiness. That's, that's probably my favorite. Yep. And I think the good thing about that for me is I can feel that way regardless of circumstances. Mm -hmm. I can feel that way regardless of who's in my life and who's not in my life. I can feel happy and free regardless of whether I have a job or I don't have a job. Yeah. And that's one of the, I don't know, it's one of the gifts that's, that's, that, that's given to us. And I think one of the things that's helped me with it as it relates to step nine is that I'm, I'm, now there could be something I've forgotten, but I have no unfinished business with anyone. And that is, um, I don't, I don't say that to be arrogant or anything like that. It's just, I just, I just don't think I have any unfinished business with anyone. And, and anything that, that had, that needed to be said to somebody has been said. So there's a tremendous amount of freedom in that. And that comes about because of the, the first nine steps of our program. So. I don't know if I can say the same. I, I will tell you today that I think that is true. Um, yeah, what? But then it is something may come up tomorrow. You just never know for me. You, you never know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, I'm more relating it to my past, like before yeah. I got sober with stuff. Me that too. Done to yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I may, I may, you know, we both might make somebody mad tomorrow night at the home group. That's very true. But Every we'll, time I go, we'll the last that time up. that I went home, yeah, because I moved from where I grew up and then drank for six months and then was in prison. So uh, and then I've never moved back home. So every time I'm back home, I'm just like, 
what if I see someone? Like at this point, it's not a big deal. I used to be like, oh my gosh, who am I going to see? Let me pull up my yearbook. Oh, I don't have a yearbook. Like, let me see if I can go through and talk with my sponsor about someone I might see to clean it up. Today, I know what to do. Yeah. You know, um, I am still kind of just like, I don't, we'll see what happens. It's probably going to so happen. So far, so good. It, it's probably going to happen at some point. Hmm. I've seen a lot of people that I drank with like years later and they're right where they were at when we, when I quit drinking. That's yeah. It's interesting. I saw a guy one time it was seven. I was sober for seven years and we had a night. I mean, it was a, it was a serious night at this club and with this, with some females. And I mean, it was, it was epic, right? Well, I had I I hadn't hadn't seen him since that night. We weren't like real good friends. So seven years later, now I'm sober seven years, and I bumped into him at 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 a store. And he talked to me like the first thing out of his mouth was like, "Man, that was an awesome night the other night, wasn't it?" <laughs> I swear oh it was God. like like seven years never happened to him. Anyway, not a doubt in my mind that would have been me. That yeah. very well would have been me for sure. That's uh, crazy. Oh, my goodness. Shank, you want to move on to Battle of the Books? Let's get ready to rumble! All right. For this um, round 13, uh, I, we do need to clean up round 8, so I forgot to mention that to you all, where I threw it out, out to the listeners. Um. Our previous guest, Bob, isn't going to be too happy about this, but the big book won with an overwhelming majority of 92%. So the big book got 92% of the vote. Yep. Okay, well, there you have it. There you go. So the big book then undefeated. They won all 12 rounds. Yep. I just forgot to mention that. Uh, I think we probably said that the big book was undefeated, but I mean, I I guess I got cocky and forgot to (laughs) update the listeners. Um, Well, Christy and Bob, you know, we we know you guys love that 12 and 12 and or 12 by 12. Thanks for uh, defending it. But yeah, it, it, it went down. So... We have the last page of each of the books for our 13th round. Um, Just to kind of tie it up here. So for the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Now, Shane, so so this is a bonus round. Yep. But this will be the 13th round and you're the official referee of Battle of the Books. So if the 12 by 12 wins this round... Does it win the entire battle? It could. All right. All right. I'll, but it's okay. not going to. I mean, it's just right. you and I. So we, we already know. All right. All right. <laughs> We're not going to tease listeners like that. Uh, all right. What do you um, got? Okay. So Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It says, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day 
for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Okay. And then for the 12 by 12, we have these little studies of AA 12 steps now come to a close. We've been considering so many problems that it may appear that AA consists mainly of racking dilemmas and troubleshooting. To a certain extent, that is true. We have been talking about problems because we are problem people who have found a way up and out and who wish to share our knowledge of that way with all who can use it. For it is only by accepting and solving our problems that we can begin to get right with ourselves and with the world about us and with him who presides over us all. Understanding is the key to right principles and attitudes, and right action is the key to good living. Therefore, the joy of good living is the theme of AA's 12th step. With each passing day of our lives, may every one of us sense more deeply the inner meaning of AA's simple prayer. God grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, courage to change the things we can, and wisdom to know the difference. Well, <laughs> I just realized where that term problem people came there from. There you go. There it is. It's been interesting to tie some of the, some of the terms and kind of sayings that people say in Alcoholics Anonymous. We've been able to tie mm-hmm. some of that back to the, to the 12 and 12. Yeah, it is pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well... We are problem people who have found a way up and out. Can I start introducing myself as Susie problem people? Yes. Problem person? I'm a problem person. Well, I don't know if much needs to be said. Uh, um, I mean, obviously, the, the big book reading is one of the probably most widely recognized readings in, in Alcoholics Anonymous aside from how it works. Um, and I think it, I like it because it tells us that we're going to continue to learn more as we grow spiritually. It tells us that we should meditate in the morning. It says that we should try to help other people. Um, Tells us to clear away the wreckage of our past and give freely what we find. What else do you need to know? I think, um, so the sentence in the 12 by 12, for it is only by accepting and solving our problems that we can begin to get right with ourselves and with the world about us and with him who presides over us all. (laughs) What? 
I mean, I just, I did not accept or solve a lot of my problems. No. Um, before I began to get right with myself, with the world, and with God. Personally, you know, that, that may, that's only one person's experience here, but um, I just, I still find certain things in 12 by 12 kind of counterintuitive and kind of confusing. And it may be that I only have a high school education. I don't know. Yeah, well, that could be it, but. But I do I really like how simple the big book is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the 12 and 12 definitely, I think we talked about this before, but when you start reading some of this, you can see that it's a way more psychological, even though he mentions God and all that and faith, it's way more of a psychological approach to, to recovery. And it's, it, I think a lot of it does contradict what the book says, the big book says. Um, yeah, it like also this says one's... right action is the key to good living. Yeah. Yes. And understanding is the key. I mean, it, you don't understand anything until you actually do something. I didn't even understand it, it once I did it. Correct. Sometimes I still don't understand today, but the results speak for themselves. Yep. I still kind of like intellectually, I know that I'm going to pick up the phone for someone who's been trying to get sober for longer than I've been sober. She's 20 years older than I am. And I know it's going to be chaos and high drama and the same thing, the literal same things that she's been going through since I've known her. Mm -hmm. But somehow trying to help her yep. I'm just like it's a good day <laughs> not, not trying to run her life not trying to tell her she's crazy or whatever it's just like I'm just like man I'm sober today and I just tried to help someone and I get to cut the grass and it's gonna be a good day yeah well according to this all you gotta do is accept and solve your problems can't do it can't do it for myself. Can't do it for other people. I am mm. not God. Thankfully, for all involved. <laughs> well. And then the big book, Abandon Yourself to God as You Understand God. Yes. Love it. Pretty simple and basic. And That's understandable. Everyone. Yes. And understandable. Yeah. yeah. Anyone can do that. If an atheist doesn't understand God at all, well, what's your understanding? Not much. Okay. That just works. Abandon yourself to that. To that. Yeah. Well, Shank, I think I'm going with. Uh... <laughs> Big book reading. Oh, okay. Dramatic music, please. What are you going to go with? I'm going with the big book. Yeah. Now, maybe in our next um, season, somewhere along going through the 12 traditions, I don't know. Maybe I'll have an epiphany and 
I'll be running a 12 by 12 meeting. Negative. Who knows? <laughs> no. Okay, well, give me some of the history so, of the 12 by 12. Even when we do when we do traditions, we are not going to be using the 12 by 12 for the conversation. Trust me on that. You heard so it here you, first. So an interesting thing about the 12 by 12 is that in, in 1952, now this all comes from the advisory actions of the General Service Conference. Okay, so remind me how to so, find that. So you can go to aa.org and you can you can search advisory actions and there's an actual booklet that has every advisory action in it from the General Service Conference from 1950 up to 2022. The 2023 one hasn't been printed yet. So you can go in there and search if you want to find out what the conference actually voted on or didn't vote on it's it's in there and it's a very so, large document too by the way it is it is um, but totally worth it yes if you're interested in that thing and you can't it's you can't really argue it because this is what they're claiming was the advisory action so the inner i just did some searching on the, the 12 by 12. now i think i told i think maybe in one previous episode um some old timers that are now dead i had heard some of them these these are folks that got sober in the 50s and 60s that made comments now i none of this can be validated and none of it is uh, you know there's no like document that would prove us but a lot of them claim that there were other aa members in the late forties and early fifties who started writing some of their own literature on the 12 steps and about AA like philosophy that, um, Bill was a little jealous about some of those folks and about some of the, what he thought, uh, instructions on steps and just information on steps was, was wrong or wasn't his experience. So, that that was one of the reasons that he felt like he needed to write the 12 and 12 was to keep up with some of those folks. Is that true? Probably. I don't know. It probably is. There's probably some truth to it. Yeah. I can see. I mean, there are people still, still write all kinds of stuff adjacent 12 Correct. step AA, whatever adjacent. So I can see that a lot being of true. stuff. There's a lot of stuff out there. Um, one of the ones that was written was the, it was called the 12 golden, books or a guy named father john wrote before the 12 and 12 i've got them they're pretty cool to read um but anyway the in 1952 the general service conference um bill basically said that he was going to write um i guess it was five different documents or five different things um, one of them was a series of anecdotal analysis of the 12 traditions, a series of orderly point by point essays on the 12 steps and a book on the application of a philosophy to the total problem of living. There were other things in that advisory action and basically the conference just told him to do it. And 
we're assuming that those three points are what is now called the 12 steps and 12 traditions because after that advisory action, there's no more mention of the book at the conference. So there is mention in the grapevine. In January 53 grapevine, they put an announcement out that the 12 by 12 was coming out. And then in May 1953, there was another special announcement about it coming out. And it basically, they started selling it. So, so I would, I would. It's not would, conference approved. Is that what I'm I hearing? Would, I would imply that maybe it's not completely conference approved. I don't know if a trustees literature committee like proofread it or, I mean, I, maybe they did, but there's no mention of it in the, in the advisory action book. Interesting. Now, if you're an area officer and you're out there listening or you're a big historian or you, you, you love the, the, our structure, don't get mad at us for saying that. I'm just telling you what's in the conference advisory action book. Maybe the book needs to be updated. Maybe, Maybe they, they haven't included everything. Maybe they do. Interesting. So the interesting thing about it. So anyway, the book comes out. And they start selling it in 53. In the advisory action booklet, there's really no more mention of it other than pricing. And there is mention of it where they approve like doing the big print, the small print. Um, but there's no mention of changing it or anything else until 1984. Uh, is that right? Yeah, 84. So there was an advisory action to change the word queer to homosexual and lesbians. That actually got, um, it did not pass. Because they thought that they should just keep it original. The funny thing about that, if they'd have changed it, they would have changed it back now because That's um, right. my friends tell me that they prefer the term queer versus homosexual and lesbian now. So anyway, mm -hmm. I, it just tells you how things can change. Mm -hmm. Now, one interesting thing about the 12 by 12 is th there's a book called The Soul of Sponsorship. That was written by Robert Fitzgerald. It's a pretty good book if you've never read it. Um, but there's an excerpt in there where uh, they're quoting Father Ed Dowling, who was a, you know, some people say he was a sponsor of Bill Wilson. Bill Wilson definitely confided in him. In him. Um, but he wrote in there, or he, there's a thing in there that says, um, that Bill was given uh, help about riding the 1212 by the spirit world. It says, it says in there that um, while working on it, that's the 12 by 12, Wilson exchanged letters with Father Ed Dowling, a Catholic priest Bill often looked to for advice. In his letter of July 17th, 1952, the AA co-founder informs Dowling he is receiving help with the book from the spirit world. Wilson writes, one turned up the other day, calling himself Boniface, said he was a Benedictine missionary and English, had been a man of learning, new missionary work, and a lot about structures. I think he said this all the more modestly, but that was the gist of it. 
I never heard of this gentleman, but he checked out pretty well in the encyclopedia. If this one is who he says he is, and of course there's no way of knowing, would this illicit contact in your book? So now we know that Bill Wilson was, uh, he wrote the 12 by 12 by being contacted by the spirit world. <laughs> I wonder if that was before or during taking some psychedelics. Well, for those of you who are younger than we are, an encyclopedia is what we used before we had the internet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we had to take a book off of the shelf. Oh, man. That's pretty wild. It is wild, huh? Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm a guy that's been, I've been contacted by the spirit world, so I can understand that, but know that he wrote that the spirit world helped him write it. Well, what did, I mean, I don't know much about Catholicism, but like, what, what would Dowling think about that? Would he be like, oh yeah, of course. I'm not sure. That's mm -hmm. a good question. That's mm -hmm. a good question. And so I mean, since... Yeah. Ever since about 2002, um, there have been efforts to try to, to change some of the wording in the 12 by 12, mostly around um, some specific idioms and language or terms that um, I guess today are inappropriate or, or offensive to people. And it's kind of going through a couple different gyrations of the conference saying, no, it's a historical document, leave it alone. Then, you know, they, I think they changed the term um, rape. So, yeah, 2021, there was a statement on 66, no one wants to be angry enough to murder, lustful enough to rape, gluttonous enough to ruin his health. They wanted to revise that to no one wants to commit the deadly sins of anger, lust, or gluttony. I think they changed that. So I may be catching you off guard here, but wasn't there something in the last few years that they changed online in the 12 by 12 and it didn't make it to print and then they changed it back? They went back and changed it back. Yeah. I think that's true. Okay. Yeah. So they also, I think this kind of stopped some of that back and forth of, I mean, it's, it's, it's typical of anything, right? Somebody doesn't like something and instead of accepting the vote back in 84, they just keep bringing it up. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the way to get something done. <laughs> they just, they just continue to bring it up. Um, but they did, um, they did add in the table of, in the preface a paragraph that kind of says, Hey, this is a historical document. Don't get caught up in terms and idioms. And um, I guess to kind of temper some of those folks that thought the, the wording was inappropriate. So there's a little history on the 12 by 12. Um, I can tell you from a lot of experience that it's, it's, um, it's difficult. I would say if you're going to take the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's impossible to take the steps out of the 12 by 12. And 
for some of our dedicated listeners, if you'll know, if you remember when we started the podcast, I mean, one of the main reasons we started it was to, to keep things simple and to get back to the original message that was in the book and the instructions that are in the book. And I think our, our probably assessment after 13 episodes now of doing battle with the books and really kind of, I mean, we've kind of dug into the 12 and 12 a little bit is that it complicates recovery. <laughs> I mean, it just, it, it, there's certainly some good information in there to read. Um, but it's, it would be difficult to say that you could take the 12 by 12 and take the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous out of it. I think that I have just arrived at the conclusion of, you know, having even this one couple of paragraphs that we've looked up definitions for different words. And it's like, oh, okay, several of these words actually mean something other than what I thought they did. It doesn't mean, you know, that my 11 years of sobriety up until this point are null and void. Correct. I was still able to stay sober. I've still been able to help others. You know, like my, my, my open-mindedness, willingness, and honesty have continued to grow. My relationship with a higher power has continued to grow. I've continued to try to help others. And um, it didn't really matter that I didn't understand it to maybe, maybe the way it was meant. Maybe my higher power was revealing something to me in a way I could understand. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like some of that jargon in it is trying to like save people from just being human, you know, and yes. that if you, if you feel bad one day or you do the wrong thing, that there's something wrong with you. And I mean, it's just, it's just being, that's just being human now here's, so here's something that I, I just, I forgot about. I thought this was interesting. In 2021, there was a recommendation to revise on page 117. They wanted to change the term opposite sex to partner i mean come on people i i just anyway i yeah there you have it i just feel like that contradicts what i've been taught in aa that i come in here and i work with the sponsor and my sponsor tells me like hey if you read something in here that you don't like that evokes an emotional response in you let's talk about it um but you're not the most important person in this world and you're not the sickest alcoholic and just because you went to prison doesn't mean deadly and it doesn't make you worse yeah you know i just feel like sometimes people want to change things and it contradicts what i've been taught which is like hey show up help people if you don't like something move on move on yeah Everything yeah. is not about you. Everyone's not yeah. trying to keep you in or make you get out. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. I love what I heard a guy say a few weeks ago at a, at a conference. He's a, he's an area officer in another state and he made, he said a lot of stuff, but just one thing he said, he says, instead of us changing the words in the literature, we should let the words change us. It made so much sense. That's beautiful. Yes. It just, it just, it just made so much sense. And I mean, and I think that's, you know, that's what we're taught is that we're the ones that need to change. Yeah. 
We're the ones that need help. The book doesn't need any help. The books help 2 million people. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. It's not to purposefully hurt people or to keep people out of AA. But if you're a drug addict, AA is probably not the right place for you. If you're an overeater, if you have these other issues, like, I can't help you personally. Now, there may be people who are duly diagnosed or what's the new term? Uh, um, daggone it. Hold I mean, on, there I'll may be people that can help you, but um, not from co-occurring, an Co-occurring disorders. There you go. That's one term that's new. Co-occurring disorders. That's new. So, um, you know, it's not to keep anyone out, but AA was never meant to, to be able to help everyone. If you're an alcoholic, no matter what your other afflictions, you can be here and you can recover if you want to. That's right. But if you're not an alcoholic, there's probably a better place for you. Mm-hmm. And we say that out of love. I mean, you just... It- <laughs> I've tried to sponsor people that are drug addicts. Yeah. It does not work. (laughs) I've tried to sponsor people that are love addicts or codependents or whatever. And I just, the textbook that I'm using is speaking of alcoholism. Yep. Yep. Well, If you if you haven't if you can't tell by now we're uh, we're fans of the book Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> if it wasn't clear, we don't think it's the Bible or anything like that. It's just the it's just the the written experience of how to recover from alcoholism, and it's very simple, and it's actually very easy to understand. There's clear cut directions on how to recover. And if you want something just to read and. Uh, Takes up some time. Read the 12 by 12. <laughs> yeah. Well, Shank, been a good season. It's been we've a great some, season. We've had some good guests. We've had a lot of good discussion. And I think that um, the, I guess, what will we call those? The ninth step promises or just the promises on page 83 and 84? Nine step promises, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, they have come, they have materialized in our lives, I guess would mm-hmm. be a good way to say that. And we have, uh, we've learned, uh, or have become free as a result of taking those steps. And we're excited about, uh, season five. So, um, tune in. Do you have any questions about the traditions? Email us freedom at alcoholicsalive.com. Yes. We'll see if we can cover them. Yep. And you can do that prior to the episodes coming out. It would actually would be preferred. If you got questions, mm-hmm. we will, uh, we will try to address those. So until then be free. Freedom. Thanks for listening. If you have a comment, suggestion, or just need help, you can email Shank and Wayne at freedom at alcoholicsalive.com. Remember, we're recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous, but we do not speak for Alcoholics Anonymous, nor do we get paid. Join us next week for another great episode. Mm